Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. in the program is Everything Cooperative. Uh, we talk about co-ops, the benefits of co-ops, what can help everyday person get a better quality of life by having ownership into a business uh, cooperatively with other folk. And today we have Mr. Uh, Trevor Claiborne and John Henry Harris on the line with us. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to have you on. And this morning, we're going to talk about young people. Uh, so, Trevor, would you tell us about what you have going on for young people? What what, what do you have planned? Uh, first, I'd like to say thank you for hosting us on Everything Co-op, and we're preparing for the Million Black Shovels Formation, 4321, happening this weekend on Saturday at 12 noon Eastern time, where we're uh, reaching out to a million black folks to get those shovels in the ground. Why do you want to do this? What, what's the purpose? Right now, when we think about a lot of the social issues going on right now, which we'll touch on a little later, this is a solution to some of the issues we have, especially when we're talking about the low representation of what we call African Americans in agriculture, where we represent less than 1.4% of producers when it comes to academics of 36,000 Ag degrees awarded in 2019, only a little over 1,100 were awarded to African Americans. So this is a great opportunity not only to get the kids' fingers dirty, but also uh, stoke the interest of some of the parents of different fields that they can get their children into. So what do you have to say about this, uh, Mr. John Henry? What's your purpose for doing this? Well, I know I grew up farming with my grandfather here in South Georgia. So I learned the value of being able to provide your own food at an early age. Like, I never knew what a ramen noodle was until I went to college. And when I got to college, I really realized the power in not being able to feed yourself and not having that tied to how much money it, it, that is in your pocket. That is very powerful. And I really want the rest of our uh, uh, your listeners to understand that power as well. When you can feed yourself, no matter how much money is in your pocket, whether there's no money in your pocket, that is power. So if you have no money or a lot of money, if you can feed yourself, you have you have power. And I would Absolutely. suggest uh, adding to that, John and Trevor, you have freedom. We talk, blacks have talked about freedom since slavery, but freedom is where you can decide what you want to do for your own time. And if you can feed yourself, you got the main basic thing the only other thing that you need is is shelter but if you can feed yourself that's one of the main criteria for living life and and surviving okay so you want a million shovels on this saturday what time how that work trevor and so this saturday at 12 noon this is eastern time 11 central 
10 Mountain Time, 9 West Coast. We want to see if we can get a million black folks in North America to engage with the land in some way, shape, or form, whether this is uh, tilling up your garden, whether you know you might be in an apartment, just get in the pot. But we want to get our hands in the soil at the same time. We see a lot of negative things going on right now, but this is a positive solution, uh, not only for a cute little activity with our children, but also the, the seed, you know, whether you want to talk literally or metaphorically, a seed to a much broader solution for our community. And we want to do it at the same time, 4-3-2-1. We'll never have this day ever again in humanity. And even moving forward past April 3rd, 2021, uh, we want to con- keep those shovels in the ground. We want to continue to push for our people to get back into agriculture. This is very important. Every civilization that has ever been on this planet starts with agriculture because we all have to eat. It's a basic survival skill, and we cannot let ourselves lose this survival skill. Why do you think, either one of you, that uh, we've been losing that skill in African-Americans? We used to be in the soil, whether it was plantation, there are own land, and we're not there. Why? You, what happened? Well, me, like I said, I grew up farming with my grandfather. So this, it's hard work. We used to get up early in the morning and come back in the evening when it's dark. And I'm dirty from head to toe. So growing up, for me, my whole thing was, boy, I can't wait to go to college so I can get me a good office job and I don't have to get out here and get dirt. <laughs> but okay. then as I got older and I got out into the workforce, I started to see how, you know, the less freedom I had working for other people, being micromanaged, you know, and uh, just just the things that as a black man in America I have to deal with as far as perception of me. I'm a bigger guy. I play football. So, oh, you know, I'm always supposed to be upset. I'm angry. I'm intimidating. You know, just dealing with all these little microaggressions every day that I never had to deal with out there in the field. How tall are you? Six four. How much you weigh? And I, well, at my heaviest, I was three oh five, eight percent body fat. Eight percent body fat. Yes, I was a big guy. Okay, Trevor. Then also to add on to that, when you think about uh, the stigmas that come with farming, a lot of time, especially when you're dealing with uh, students, I know my first concept of seeing a black person in relation to farming was through the narrative of slavery, which is a a huge mistake when you think about our ancestral history. You know, this is what drove every successful civilization. And so right now, when we think about the power of imagery, the power of how information is transferred, we've never had this much access to one another when we think about the power of social media. Agriculture is a $1 trillion industry in North America, and right now African-American farmers only represent less than 1.4%. And I'd also like to add in, last week there was a historical congressional hearing where uh, John Boyd, Shirley Sherrod, and a few other uh, agriculturalists who've been leading this fight, the country didn't know. We, uh, we were actually doing our statistics. There were uh, less than a few thousand people that actually witnessed this history. And so our black farmers need the support. Sometimes support doesn't necessarily come from a dollar more so than just attention, appreciation, valuation of how important agriculture is to our overall culture. 
but uh, we like to look at solutions, and this is a huge solution when we think about our unemployment. If you go back to 1925, black male unemployment was lower than white males. This is 1925. Black male unemployment was lower. Well, what was going on in 1925? Black farmers represented 15% of the agricultural population in 1925. We got to 2012, it was less than 2%. This is after affirmative action. This is after uh, the civil rights movement. And so we think this is a great opportunity to really revisit our place, not only in agriculture as a cool little hobby, but how do we create these jobs? Create the jobs. Okay. So in 1925, you had more black people working as a percentage of the total number of black folk than white people, white men working. You had more black people because we were on the farm. I think back in there we had 30 million, blacks owned 30 million acres. That's what the folks at the Federation of Southern Co-ops told me. Uh, and now yeah. we have, what, 2.5 million acres. We've lost all of those millions of acres uh, throughout the years. Sometimes we, John, we left the farm because it was hard work, like you talk about, or we couldn't make a living on it, so we would leave the farm and go to Chicago or Detroit or somewhere and get a job in a factory and lose that independence that you talked about, that your grandfather taught you. How do people find out about this? All right, I live right now half the time in my RV, the other half time in a one-bedroom apartment. So I want to change a word you said, Trevor. You said get your hands dirty. I don't see when I'm in the dirt, I don't see that as getting my hands dirty. That's a, almost a spiritual thing. It's almost an awakening thing of putting my hands in dirt with some soil, with some water, with some seeds. There's a uh, uh, there's birth in that. So I, I, I want to get away from this dirty thing from how do we create something what what advice do you have for me or anybody that lives in a multifamily unit or in an RV? There's a lot of people that live in an RV, a recreational vehicle, a motorhome, 100% of the time. What can they do to get their hands in the dirt to create something? And so when we're talking about people who not necessarily green thumbs, haven't really thought about uh, agriculture, I would definitely suggest uh, start with something as simple as a sunflower seed. So John Henry and myself, we've been doing this youth programming now for five years. Sunflower seed, because the concept is you want a child and, and even the parent to see what you can do with your hands. Uh, when we think about raising cute little babies, they need to be fed. Uh, sunflower seeds are re relatively resilient in any sort of uh, climate that you may be in. Water them a little bit. Let them get sunlight. Once they see the result of this thing that used to be a seed, and what we'll call dirt, but, you know, uh, scientifically is soil. Once it produces something, it then stokes the mind. It stokes innov innovation of what else can I grow with my hand. So you can't go wrong with sunflower seeds. Flowers are cute, but I would definitely start with something simple as a sunflower seed. Thank you, sir. That's something I can start with and or flowers. Listen, we're going to take our first break, and then I really want to come back and get more into this million shovels, million black shovels, million black folk, particular emphasis on young people, to get their hands in the soil to watch creation happen. Watch watch, and, and get this sense of when you plant the seed and you add some water to it, 
uh, talk to the plants, love the plants, then they grow. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. everybody this is vernon oaks the program is everything co-op we're talking to to trevor claiborne and john henry harris about getting a million black people to put their hands in soil to create something a special emphasis on children to get children excited about creation so trevor how can people connect to this million black shovels how, how do how do people connect and and sign up if you will John Henry, can you tell us? Okay. Yes. Uh, the easiest way is to go to Eventbrite. It's it, uh, www.eventbrite.com. E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E.com. One million black shovels. Go to that site. You can sign up for free. We're shooting for a million black people. We would love our children to experience life this is a this is there's knowledge you gain knowledge when you grow there's a lot of parables but it's very literal as well um we talk about kids out here and a lot of them doing the violence and the shooting and the guns and the drugs let's teach our kids how to nurture let's teach them teach them how to grow let's teach them how to nurture and that can curb a lot of those bad decisions uh a lot of kids they just don't you know, they've never been taught how to love. You know, they've never been taught how to uh, take care of something over a period of time. They've never been taught delayed gratification. You learn all of these things through gardening. You learn all these things through farming. And on top of that, on top of that there are a wealth of experiences, opportunities, and careers in agriculture, even outside of farming. Agriculture is a huge industry and there are a lot of in everything that every other industry needs agriculture needs it too if you marketing management banking lawyers they all need that in agriculture too and these jobs are being unfilled every year and i know me personally as a black uh, a black man in america we are the most unemployed in the whole country and we need to start looking towards agriculture because those are where the jobs are so john Here's what I got. You're six foot four, three hundred and five pounds of heaviest with eight percent body fat. So you strong, big brother. And as we can look at the George Floyd trial, one of the things that Chauvin said was that this is a big guy, so he felt like what they always say is they scared of us. They scared that we are going to be angry and come against them for the things that they've done to us throughout the years, whether that's slavery or Jim Crow. And so the bigger you are, the stronger you are, the more afraid that they are of us for what they've done. And you're talking about love. Okay. I got, I got that. It's so ironic and great how you can put your hands in the soil, create something, get delayed gratification Watch something grow. 
get love and appreciation to the land and the soil. It's it's great, man. It is wonderful. And overcome all of these stereotypes that too many white folks have put on us because of what they have done to us. They're scared of us because of their behavior. And and that's sad and it's unfortunate. And I think this man should be chauvin. They should find him guilty and he spent the rest of his life in jail for what he did and the way he did it. But you could have been George Floyd. I could have been George Floyd. Trevor could have been George Floyd. So why do you think if you can get these young people to put their hands in the soil and create something that will help to keep them out of having their neck under some man's knee? Well, the say is, um, and, I, and I'm not trying to be funny, but ain't no police in the farm. Ain't no police in the, in, in the field. So, you know, coming from the city, being living in Jacksonville, Florida, and living in Detroit and living in Atlanta, you know, cities like that, I'd rather be out in the field out of the police's face so that they don't even see me. There's no way they're going to put a, a knee on me. I'd rather be busy doing something constructive, you know, uh, building a business through agriculture than to be in their face where they can even find me anyway. And that's just the first clear way to not get a knee on your neck is not for not to not be able to be found from them. Trevor, Trevor what do you have I would to say? also like to add when you look at the prison industrial complex as we're looking at this trial with uh, Derek Chauvin, a lot of our brothers and sisters right now are involved in agriculture anyway, get earning pennies on the dollar. And so I would suggest when we're thinking about what are some codified solutions to get our uh, members of our community involved early. Instead of doing this work for pennies on the dollars, how can we engage them early to go on and make business enterprises early on through agriculture? Uh, like John Harris said, it isn't just being out in the field plowing. It isn't just in the field sweating, which I would suggest is a great way to exercise. But like you said, there's also ag business. When we think about the power of social media, when we think about the connectivity through technology, this is marketing. Uh, if we listened to that uh, hearing last week with the black farmers. A lot of these farmers need new means of marketing. You're not going to look on too many uh, news stations and seeing black farm products being advertised. And so these are many different ways just within agriculture that we can already use the social capital that we already have. We have this concept of cooperative economics. This is how we cooperate uh, with one another. John likes to say many hands make life work. The things that this person is good at, match with the things that this person is good at, match with this overall intent. Like you said, there is a, definitely a, a cultural assault of what we'll call the black family. And so instead of focusing on all of the problems, here's some legitimate solutions because we absolutely have food insecurity within our communities. And so what better way than to address it? Trevor, you have just said 10 mouthfuls in, in two minutes. Okay. I'm going to go all the way back to the prison kind of uh, complex, because I don't think that came across as clear as I got it. So I want to go back to that, and then we'll work our way up. The prison industrial complex, and how I know it so well, is I have three nephews and two great nephews in that system. And most of it through drugs. They get arrested. One nephew, 20 years already in Pocahontas, Virginia jail. So they work for little or nothing. That's the pennies on a dollar you're talking about. So you get the prison 
industrial complex is the new slavery. They don't go out to John Henry's farm and pull him off the off the farm, but they'll go into Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, pull a brother out, put him in jail. The likelihood of him going to John Henry's farm is not very likely, very, very slim. They could do that too, but the likelihood is they're going to go to the city where get a lot of, uh, of blacks, put them in jail, and then for a long amounts of time, they say the blacks will get four times as much time, four times as much time. If a white man got one year, a black man's going to get four years for the same offense. But the black man has three times a chance of getting picked up in the first place. Okay? They're going to go after the black man before the white man. And then they're going to give him more time. So you get all of these black men and women, mostly black men in jail, working for the plantation owner, the prison complex, for nothing. They might get a monthly stipend to buy candies or cigarettes or whatever, but little or nothing do they get for this work. And that's what the first thing you started out with. Don't get into that one. That's one way there's a lot of blacks in farming, but they're not getting wealth. They're not getting anything, and they don't have, they're, they're totally slave in behind bars, behind prison. And then you worked it all the way up to, let's do this million black shovels, get kids in uh, in the four three two one, April the third, twenty twenty one, get the hands in the shovels, and look at all of the jobs. You said thirty seven thousand jobs every year go unfilled in this in this uh, farming or in this food production business. All of this, so. We're going to have to take our second break, and I really want to come back. I'm I'm excited about this. I want you to tell people again when we come back how they can contact you guys to put your hands in the shovels, and I will be doing that also. I'm in San Diego, so it's going to be 9 a.m. Put my hands in some shovel, probably to buy a pot and maybe produce some sunflower seeds or tomatoes or produce something in this pot in my RV. Okay, but something I will plant so I can be with you guys. And then look at all of the different ways that young folk can make a living and have this independence that John Henry, six foot four brother, has. How we can get this independence. We'll be right back. everybody this is Vernon Oaks and the program is everything cooperative this program is brought to you by the National Cooperative Bank NCB's mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members especially in low-income communities by providing innovative financial and related services and throughout the years John Henry you know on your farm your granddaddy knew that black farmers too often could not get the finances that they need, could not get the loans that they need, which was one of the reasons a lot of these farms were lost or stolen, if you will. But National Co-op Bank has been doing that. They've been doing a great job of providing innovative financial services, and they didn't start until the 1980s. 
when Congress helped to get them started. And they've just been doing a great job of providing financial services in low-income communities. So with NCB's help, with other help, with this million black folks shovel their hands in the dirt, but both of you have talked about the different fields that one can go into in agriculture. Can you give me, uh, Trevor, can you talk about what some of those fields are, what people can do in agriculture? Okay, so once again, we had talked about ag law. And so right now what we saw last week with the uh, black farmers, a lot of black farmers lost land. We're losing 30,000 acres per year because of uh, legal uh, misunderstandings when we're talking about land trust, when we're talking about uh, reclamation, environmental science. And so once again, we realize we're going into a drought. There are a lot of uh, ecological dynamics that affect agriculture, not just in the black community, but agriculture as a whole. When we think about uh, ag production, uh, there are money. There's people that understand money but not, might not understand the plants. A lot of farmers I work with in my day job as an extension agent don't necessarily see their operation as an enterprise. They see it as I'm carrying on a family legacy. But what we understand, it takes money to make money. So these are obviously other connections. When we think about distribution networks, and so one of the big things now, we have to localize our food economy. I know a lot of us saw the uh, Suez Canal. There were hundreds of thousands of pounds of livestock on that ship that got stuck, meaning that's going to be a big chink in a lot of people's overall uh, ag operations. So how do we localize our food system? This goes into people that understand distribution. Uh, one of the things John Harris and I do is ag education and ag marketing. If you know Pepsi because they'll spend millions of dollars at each Super Bowl marketing Pepsi. And so why would black agricultural products require less? The, the list could go on. I could go on the rest of this show, but those are just a few when we think about non-conventional ways of really making an economy out of agriculture, the basic need for us to eat. And then we think about food prep. We think about storage. Uh, one of the stories, Napoleon Bonaparte was a great general, not because he was so violent, but because he, he mastered the art of storing food. And so his soldiers were able to outlast their enemies because they had stored food. A lot of times we don't think this simple, but these are very practical things that we know we come from a group of people that already have these intrinsic genetics. And so how can we apply these to an economy? How do we apply this to localizing our food system? And these are all jobs within that 37,000 that you mentioned that are going unfilled. Trevor, thank you, man. Uh, John, you have anything to add to that? Uh, yes. Uh, I know I, I have the blessing, you know, of being in the country. You know, so I have space, you know, but you're I have Missis lived in, you're in Mississippi. You're in Mississippi. Uh, South Georgia. South Georgia. Okay. You're in South Georgia. You have space. How many acres? I mean, I'm, when I say space, like I don't have acres here necessarily in my home, but I have access to a lot of land, a lot of space. Okay. So in uh, cities, you know, the concrete jungles, you know, that space is limited. However, you can still grow food. Growing is transformative in itself. And we've seen that in cities like Chicago, Detroit, you know, where urban gardening, urban urban farming is actually sparking community development and urban renewal. Growing in itself is transformative. And it's changing people's lives in a major way in the cities just by growing food because it is bringing more jobs. It is uh, giving people who 
didn't have something to do, now they have something to do. They've got a renewed sense of life. And that's what growing and farming is, is bringing life. And we're talking about specific applications, and so you're now looking at container gardening. You can take laundry baskets and produce tomatoes. You can take wood pallets that would normally just uh, go to a stockyard somewhere. You can grow vertically. The concept is plants need sun and water. Uh, you can also do high tunnel growing. The concept of high tunnels is, you know, you want to create a, a you want to create an environment. So uh, once again, in Chicago, Detroit, where it gets cold, you can still grow year round in a green, in a greenhouse. These are all just basic things that a lot of times we don't necessarily, you know, we think of farming as being out on this large plot of land, but you can actually produce a lot more in a smaller space. Uh, when we go back to the elder Booker T. Watley. You know, there's ways you can make up to what I would say about thirty thousand to fifty-five thousand dollars per acre, and this is obviously intensive, labor-intensive, but it's possible to actually generate uh, rev good revenue on an acre of land just implementing these different urban ag operations. Okay, so I had on the program. I was trying to think of the gentleman's name from Detroit, where they got a piece of land three acres, five acres from the city. It was a park, and they created an urban farm on this park. Uh, greenery, beautiful. I visited it. And from there, they were producing uh, food from parklands, got it from the city. They're producing it. They had a greenhouse. And then they're opening up a food co-op. So they, they're producing some food, and now they are going to have a grocery store where they will buy food from other places. They'll have members, and they're doing this all in Detroit. So when you say Detroit, now it would be interesting, my brother raised his family in Detroit. If my brother and, and, and nieces and nephews, if my brother's children would now have their own, I don't know, put their hands in the soil and on their back stoop or back patio, throw something they have a backyard they could even do it in their backyard neat okay the specifics and so an individual needs 200 and square 200 square feet to produce a year's worth of produce family of four 800 square feet to produce a year's worth of produce once again when you're thinking growing vertically okay some of the what you don't have horizontally can be made up vertically so there, okay, there's so, a science behind it, but uh, 200 square feet per individual, that's our uh, annual intake of vegetable produce, vegetable and fruit produce. So I just want to get some sense of if you got a family of four, you're saying 800 square feet can produce the vegetables you need for a year. So 800 square feet is a, a room, a small room, an 8 by 10 room, and most of your bedrooms are 10 by 12, 10 by 15. So most of your bedrooms are bigger than this 800 square feet you're talking about. Okay, so Correct. if you have a small bedroom out, outside, then you could grow enough food to feed your a family of four for a year. Wow. 800 square you... feet, correct. I don't want anybody to get the uh, notion that, okay, I can just throw these seeds out here and I don't have to do anything and I have vegetables. You do have to work it more. And so the smaller your operation is, the more you want to yield, the more hours. I would honestly about three three hours every other day or every day, uh, depending on how, how meticulous you are. But, yes, 800 square feet can feed a family of four 
their annual uh, consumption of veg- vegetable pro- vegetable produce. At three hours a day. At okay. three hours a day. This is during your peak growing season. Uh, once again, the more time you put into anything, the more you can expect to get out of it. It is it is work. It is work, but we also know, uh, physically speaking, this is actually healthy work. Uh, you can go run on a treadmill. You know, that's a form of exercise, but you could also go out and grow your food. That's a form of exercise, too, that you actually get a result from. So, John Henry, uh, you, you're farming now. Do you go out like your grand, you and your granddaddy did at, at you know, daybreak, dusk, dawn, and then you go come home at the end of the day when the sun's going down? Do you still work like that, and then you said that you're – clothes or have all the soil all over it i don't want to call it dirty but you have all soil all over you when you come back in is that your life now actually that's not my life now i did get away from it and when i got away from it that's when i realized what my grandfather was teaching me so uh to pay homage to my grandfather and also just to continue the legacy you know i went back to school and I was attempting to get my master's in agricultural economics. I have my uh, degree in economics from the University of Kentucky, so I wanted to pursue agricultural economics. Particularly, I've been working with Farmer Brown for the last 11 years in pushing this word of uh, agriculture to our children and uh, developing a lot of different programs to shine the light on agriculture to our children. It's not quite farming, but it's still advocating for farming. And um, as I continue to grow and find more opportunities, you know, that's going to develop as well. Because I still have land in Texas that I need to develop. You know, I'm just trying to figure it out right now. Okay. Got it. Tell us again, uh, Trevor, how do people connect with you guys? How, what, what's this process for getting involved with this million black folks putting their hands in the soil at 12 o'clock on April the 3rd, 2021? Go to www.eventbrite.com, one million black shovels. There you can register. Uh, you don't have to register. We, you know, We would encourage you to. This is one of those things where you can do wherever you're at. Uh, right now, we're still doing social distancing. We know that the virus is uh, popping up in other places. You can do this on your balcony. You can do this in your backyard. Our goal, considering all of the negative imagery going on right now that our children are being subjected to online, we want to counter that negative imagery with our children seeing a million of us engaged in a productive activity, specifically growing something, specifically producing. This is www.eventbrite.com. One million black shovels. Okay, and so that imagery that you're talking about is, if you look at these trials, you'll see this big brother. And the reason I ask you your size, uh, John, is uh, they were saying that George Floyd was 6'3". Matter of fact, they said he's a big man. So this is the image that, that we're seeing on TV, which is very hurtful to me, and I assume it's very hurtful to young people and maybe worse. A young man, a man, a black man, strong black man crying for his life to the point of crying for his mother. That's the image that that trial is leaving. So you're trying to give a different image, an image of us putting our hands in the soil, 
uh, image of us producing and creating something that can lead to a lifelong history. And John hit it early on, love. <laughs> okay. Uh, Martin Luther King talked about it all of the time. So we got one more segment here. This goes by real quick when you're having fun. I want to come back and talk about there are six pandemics going on right now. COVID-19, the racism, George Floyd has shown that, the health disparity that COVID-19 has shown that black folks have, uh, which gets down to not having good foods. We got the poor economy and too often black are the highest in the unemployment rate economy. Then we have climate change. You already mentioned, Trevor, that drought coming up and climate change and what we do about it. And then you have people killing each other with guns. So that's the fifth one. And the, the sixth one to me is just plain old stupidity. What people are doing, like with the voting rights in Georgia and all of these different places, the different things that blacks the whites are doing to try to keep power over blacks and brown folks. So what does all of this have to do with this history and how can we overcome this by putting our hands in the soil? That's what I'd like to talk about when we come back for our final segment here. Um, everybody out there, please don't touch that down. Back everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Uh, the program is Everything Cooperative. We have Mr. Trevor Claiborne on the line with John Henry Harris, and we're talking about folks, black people, putting their hands in the soil, creating, creation, watching the seed blossom, getting foods, and enjoying it. Matter of fact, John Henry, my favorite part. My my father uh, would have me and my two brothers out there. We had about an acre that we farmed. Uh, I don't know exactly how much it was, but we farmed this about an acre in Bluefield, West Virginia. My favorite part of it, Trevor, was the harvesting. No, my favorite part was eating. Okay. That food was yeah. good. When you harvest that stuff, my first favorite was eating it. And the second part of it was harvesting. I didn't like seeding it. I didn't mind watering it. I mean, I didn't like uh, taking the weeds out, weeding it. That was the least favorite part of it. But putting the the, the, the rows down, seeding it, putting the dirt back over it, the soil back over it, watering it, all of that was good, but it was it was hard work. It was consistent. Not so much hard, but consistent work. And you had to be yeah. out there doing it. Often with on my knees, close to the ground, doing this work. So how does all of this Let's start with you, Trevor. How does all of this help with the pandemics that we're going through right now? In my honest contention, this addresses all six of those different pandemics that you spoke of. And so once again, we know people in our community are more affected by the pre-existing conditions with, which directly tie to our diet. So once again, you know, how many different spaces in a land where there's 1.9 billion acres do we have 200 square feet per individual to create the produce to supplement what we're not getting at the corner stores or bodegas in our neighborhoods uh, when it comes to the violence. And so, you know, there's nothing like hitting that ground real hard, breaking that soil. There's nothing like blowing off some of that steam, some of that anger of what we're seeing growing across the headlines, working, producing something. When we're thinking about economics, once again, 
civilization was built on the ability for people to create food in a single place. When we were having to go hunt for rabbits and spend all sorts of time trying to find our food, we didn't have time to enjoy the arts and recreation. It's really getting black to the basics, and I'm very specific with that word. When we think about education, educational opportunities, and so we see now uh, one of the blessings, if you want to call it blessings, of this pandemic, we've been made aware of the many niches that need to be filled. We're still dealing with an antiquated uh, agricultural system in North America. And so, once again, applying our already ancestral ability to produce with the least amount of resources, that is the essence of sustainability. And so, when we're thinking about these youth, what are some ways to keep them out of the streets? Like you said, when you're doing this consistent farm work, you don't have time to go out here and get in trouble. It's not to say that agriculture is going to solve everybody's problem, but as we move toward when we're looking at the year 2050 when we're projected to be at zero wealth as a community, I think yesterday is the best time to start figuring out, okay, if we start with just being able to feed ourselves, how many of these 37,000 jobs that go unfilled nationally can we incorporate within each of our communities? So currently I serve on uh, Governor Andy Bashir's Ag Tech Council in the uh, Commonwealth of Kentucky. I know in the next five to ten years, Ag tech is going to be a big part of how we're producing our food when we look at uh, companies like App Harvest. These are the opportunities that are in front of us. I personally, you know, they say, do you see the cup half full or half empty? I see the cup is ready for us to pour our, pour our skills, pour our power into this cup to really create a more efficient, equitable food system. And it addressed all of these issues. Uh, and I, I don't want to talk your head off. When we think about the 13th Amendment, hey, if you're a criminal, then I can put you back into slavery. And so our goal with this, uh, not just the one million black shovels, but just c continue with this conversation, is to avoid putting a lot of our community into this place where you're doing this work for cheap. Because it has to be done. Eighty percent of the food all of us consume right now in North America is not produced by North Americans. Wow. You have something to add, John? I just want to just, again, reiterate that growing food is a survival skill. We take for granted that we can pull up to this drive-through and they're gonna, and it's going to be available to us to give us food. We take it for granted that uh, we can go to a Kroger or whatever grocery store, Walmart, and there's going to be food on the shelf. You know, there's only three days' worth of standing food at any grocery store at any given time. So if that transportation of those trucks getting to that store is disrupted, that store will be empty. And we've seen that uh, within the last year during the pandemic. So that should have been a wake-up call and, uh, enough to say, hey, if the store doesn't have any food, how am I going to eat? So, you know, again, old country saying, if you, don't, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So let's uh -oh. get these shovels in the ground. Okay, so so your grandfather taught you well. You got you got a lot of this common sense stuff that, that which I had never thought that three days of food is what's on the shelf. So three days worth of food is what's on the shelves in these grocery stores. So if there's no food production, all food's gonna be gone in three days. Or if the trucks are stopped, like you know, like during the COVID, or like in in Houston when they had the big ice storm, those trucks couldn't get to the grocery stores. So when everybody went to the stores and, and grabbed those resources, it, the stores could not be replenished. 
You know, it's uh, it's simple things that can go wrong that can be catastrophic to a large number of people. You know, whether it's the climate, whether it's a, a unforeseen disaster. You know, that that the Suez Canal, a, a a boat getting stuck in the canal. How is that? And it's, it's really going to affect the entire food chain for the world. You know, it's um, it's a delicate. We're living on delicate systems. And we as people need to show up for ourselves just to make sure that we are going to be okay in the midst of anything. Okay. Miss Pat is on the line. Do uh, you have a question? Uh, yes. Um, just want to thank your guests, both Trevor and John. And I wanted to ask, for this Million Shovel event, is there any way for us to live stream? Is there a uniform live stream we could feed into, or should we be live streaming on our own social media accounts? I just wanted to know if there's a way for us to come together. Okay, so to answer that, we'll be live streaming through the Black Ball Sports Channel. This is uh, through Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, you're more than likely to share that. But also, once again, it's just live streaming from your phone, wherever you're at. Uh, set your camera up. Let us see your hands doing the work that you're doing. The code is the leader. This isn't a, a necessarily a thing where we're the leaders or the center point more so than we're taking initiative to, to bring this to the public. We want to fill algorithms for the listeners to understand how algorithms work. When you push like, share, subscribe, you now uh, raise the visibility of whatever content you're sharing. Uh, this is what your major music uh, music hubs understand. Uh, a lot of your advertisers understand. Whether you like it or hate it, we just want you to look at it. And the more people look at it and engage, the more people see it. We want to have a codified approach to get a million black folks' hands in the soil at the same time in what we'll call North America. And so to answer your question, you can, uh, you can uh, watch us live streaming on the Black Boss channel, or you can do it from your phone. We, we okay. encourage all participants, whether you're talking about Instagram, whether you're talking about Facebook or any other social media sites, flood these timelines with positive images of us producing. Thank you so much, and thank you, Mr. Oaks, for sharing this powerful information. Thank you. Thank you for your question, and thank you for listening. Everybody out there, what do I do? You said Black Balls Channel. Now, I know Boyce Watkins. I take some classes from him. He's at the the black business school that help black folks get wealth. And I liked what he does, but black boss channel. I've not heard it. How do I go find that out on four, three, 21, April 3rd at midday noon. What do I do? Okay. Now on Facebook, uh, you will find it under, uh, boss sports brothers on sports and society on YouTube. You can go to the black boss channel and also, even Boyce Watkins, uh, his YouTube channel. So um, we're going to try to stream it across multiple platforms. Please, but even if you don't stream with us, again, stream it on your own personal feed. Stream it on your own personal timeline. Trevor, one minute we have left. What do you want to leave people with? There will never be a 4321 ever in human history when we're talking about Gregorian calendar. This is a perfect time to reassert ourselves in agriculture. When we think about the historic hearing last week, this is the perfect time to show our black farmers and producers our support as a community. 
because it will inevitably affect all of us. And if you really want to know something, learn how to grow something. If you really want to know something, learn how to grow something, I will be doing that on April the 3rd, 2021 at noon, growing something. I'm going to go out and find me a pot to grow something. It may be tomatoes. I like tomatoes. I love tomatoes. That might be it. It may be sunflower seeds, but I'm going to grow something. Could be a plant, but I can't eat that one. So I'm going to do something that I can eat. I want to thank you guys very much for what you do. Everybody out there, please put your hand in the soil and grow something and feel that creativity, get close to God, and show some love. See you next week. Yes. Please live cooperatively. Thank you, gentlemen. Your news talk station.